Bits. A brief podcast before the MA and Tech Conference in Berlin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Tech Law Bits, a podcast in preparation of the sixth edition of the International Bar Association's M&A in the Tech Sector Conference to be held in Berlin in two weeks' time on March 23rd and 24th. My name is Martin Schoenbacher. I'm a tech lawyer at Herting in Berlin. And of course, I look forward to seeing many international colleagues here in Berlin. Two of these uh, magnificent colleagues are here with me in this episode, and thanks for joining me. Alethea Au from Toronto, Canada, and Moritz Mara from uh, Zurich, Switzerland. Welcome uh, to the two of you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Martin. Great. Um, may I just briefly, um, before we come to your to your topic, rep, uh, reps and warranties in, in insurance uh, issues, um, before we get into this, may I ask you to briefly um, like introduce yourself, maybe Alethea, you want to start? Thank you. Thank you, Martin, and happy to. Uh, my name is Alethea Au. I am a partner in the Toronto office of uh, Steichman Elliott. Uh, we are a full-service uh, business law firm. My specialty is in uh, M&A and private equity, and in particular with uh, in the technology industry with a lot of uh, technology clients. Uh, I do a lot of cross-border transactions, so I'm really looking forward to this roundtable in Berlin. Thanks, Alethea. Uh, and Moritz, what about you? First of all, thanks for having me, Martin. It's a pleasure. I'm very looking forward to this conference. My name is Moritz Mauer. Uh, I'm a partner with NKF based in Zurich. I'm specialized as well in private equity and, uh, private equity and M&A, uh, primarily focused on buy side. So therefore, W&I and tech is, is something that we deal a lot of. And increasingly, these times since COVID is, has been very interesting. Great. Thank you, too. I'm very happy to, to have you in, the, in this episode. I already briefly mentioned um, your topic for the uh, Hot Topic Roundtables. Um, Alethea, what would you let the listeners know what you're going to speak about and uh, what they have to or what the topic is about? Sure. Um, so as uh, Moritz mentioned, uh, I think in the last, I'd say, I don't know, five to eight years, rep and warranty insurance have certainly really increased in popularity, not just amongst um, private equity buyers, but also strategics nowadays as well. Um, I think the, one of the pieces that I think we've absolutely seen, which have been uh, very interesting, is the development of the product uh, as it and the solution as it evolves with market conditions. So we were hit with COVID, and now we have the conflict in Ukraine. And it's really interesting to see how the risk allocation between buyers and sellers, especially in the tech industry, which really is um, for some of these businesses are not as impacted by these market events, have navigated the product. And I think, you know, for tech M&A, and, and, and I'm sure Moritz will have lots to say about this as well, there's common themes that come through. There are common risk uh, areas that have to be allocated between buyers and sellers. Uh, and I think use of, the, of this particular solution is very uh, appropriate, uh, given the nature of, of this industry. There are lots of uh, 
you know, on the sell side, there's often uh, founder sellers who are selling the companies, you know, uh, uh, after they have taken it to the level that they can take it to. And these founder sellers tend to, um, the buyers, especially private equity buyers, want these founder sellers to have skin in the game. So they want them to have rollover equity going forward after the uh, transaction. And this allows them to avoid the awkward situation of, you know, claiming against their key employees kind of <laughs> after the transaction closes. And then there's just general, there's just so- certain risks that, you know, inherent in tech M&A, IP, um, sort of that type of um, uh, key value drivers for the transaction that come up uh, often. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting to have a good discussion with all the attendees in Berlin as to how you know we're dealing with this in in, in the in the different jurisdictions. Um, so I'm going to pause there. I'm sure Moritz will have uh, some lots to say too. Uh, well, thanks, Alicia. I think that was a was a wonderful intro, and 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 you touched up on uh, I think the mo- most important points already. Uh, and I think that that discussion that discussion that we're going to have in Berlin will be very interesting. What I what I in particular now see and what is very interesting is it's 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 a common issue but it's it's a question of ownership when it comes to tech company it's it's one thing if you have a you have a commodity company or a retail company but if you're a tech company the the, the 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 crucial in particular in the due diligence then looking into the, the, the into into the the underwriting calls how to provide comfort to the insurers that that you actually looked into the IP ownership and you and whether actually the, the company owns the IP or not and how to if they do not yet but fully own the IP how can you remedy this prior to closing or prior to signing and this this has been in particular an increasing big issue became big issue for insurers to get comfortable to provide coverage also with the rollover as you mentioned then depending on how much people will roll over the percentage and how much coverage you will get with the rollover and this altogether, I think, makes tech M&A a very interesting and a very specific area where, where IP and know-how is, is crucial to understand the business. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think touching on to, to Marissa's point on the diligence piece as well, I, I think it would be really interesting to hear from the attendees and to have a good discussion about, I, you know, I'm sure various jurisdictions, especially in Canada, we have a lot of um, tax incentives for R&D, development of IP, et cetera. And sometimes these create issues because they have uh, benefit to country type uh, thresholds that when you have cross-border transactions, you could trigger these types of thresholds, which would require repayment of funds advanced for research and development and the creation of IP. So there's some things that I'm really interested to hearing you know, from the attendees there, how their particular jurisdictions manage these issues because um, as Maritza said, like the IP ownership, it's it's common across, but we all have different rules about when your ownership might be um, uh, crystallized, right? So so that all it would be, you know, very helpful, I think, for uh, us practitioners when we deal with uh, cross-border transactions to, to know about that. Right. Great. Um, yeah, as, as you said, um Coming back to the original topic about insurance, can you, for the more tech lawyer part of the tech M&A conference, maybe explain how that works in practice? How does the insurance uh, come in and what do they demand basically when when you're uh, for a client negotiating 
like this contract? How does that play in? Is that uh, different from each case or is that like uh, similar? Alethea, do you want want to go first? Sure. Uh, Happy to. Um, For, I think, uh, Maritz touched, I think, for the tech tech lawyers and the tech M&A piece. The diligence is really important, right? Because now we have our tech group often looking into IP ownership, uh, any of the assignment rights, licensing rights, etc. And what we do now is, is we have, you know, diligence report where we get our, you know, the, the, our tech groups um, expertise and their findings uh, that's presented to the buyer. And in addition, this diligence report is shared with the insurer. The insurer looks at this report and usually use it as a guiding post as to the types of questions that they like to ask during the underwriting call to see if there would be exclusions to the coverage on the breach of reps and warranties. Um, We would expect that, uh, you know, they piggyback off of the diligence of the purchaser and their their, um, main concern is ensuring that appropriate diligence has been done to verify the ownership rights of the IP. And I put, you know, I see Moritz smiling a little bit because appropriate is different for different insurers sometimes. And we also want to make sure that um, we avoid to the to the extent uh, as much as possible any, you know, we have a way to respond to the extent that there are, um, I wouldn't say red flags, but concerns raised about, let's say, IP and IT type issues so that we're able to uh, give the insurer as as the as the insured as the buyer, we're able to give the insurer comfort that we've done the appropriate diligence. One area I always see get questions is on uh, cybersecurity. So having an appropriate BCP plan, having done pen tests, etc., those all help, right? And and it may just be as simple as the buyer having asked the target, "Do you have these policies? Do you follow these policies?" Have you recently done an, uh, a testing on these policies? That all gives the insurers comfort and that will help like being able for uh, from the tech lawyer's perspective, being able to kind of ask those questions, having done that kind of diligence would really help um, the buyer uh get fulsome coverage. So I'm going right. to pause before, there. I'm sure Moritz will have lots to add to. <laughs> before, before you do, Moritz, just one hint, there's another table, and I've already spoken to Søren Skipstedt on uh, um, on overlooked cybersecurity risks in M&A, and that's obviously the same topic from the other angle. Um, uh, but but it's, it's, yeah, it's very hot, I'd say. Moritz, sorry. Yeah, no, I just, I just, uh, just want, to, want to confirm this and maybe a few more general point on WNI, especially since maybe not every tech lawyer is very, very, very familiar with with, with that concept. It's, a, it's, I mean, it WNI is, is it, it brought in a new player into the M and A game. Up until now, there were buyer and seller, and now you have a, a third party that you must negotiate, can negotiate with. This is this is the insurer. So it makes it makes the, the entire process. Uh, a bit more complicated uh, in in terms of in terms of aligning deadlines, uh, aligning uh, 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 teams, and it the, the very interesting. I mean, obviously the concept is you that the buyer uh, uh, the buyer gets possible damages insured, so he doesn't have to go after the seller. He can go after insurer with appropriate pockets. But the concept from from a due diligence point of view is that you that you that you look different. At a transaction, if you have an insurance, that these 
having, have, having a DD quick, let's say quick and dirty done, uh, is not possible anymore because uh, a very lean or very superficial due diligence report fires massively back. If you want to take out insurers, insure because they then come back and say, well, I mean, this is, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot insure this, this, this transaction because you have not looked into anything. So it's, it, it, it has been, it has been very common, uh, an interesting point and also how, how you actually flag findings. Cause sometimes you have to, you have to, how, how you, how you draft your due diligence report. You should not maybe overstate certain issues <laughs> and sometimes play them a bit low. Because uh, otherwise, you you might you might have an, an issue with, with insurance. So so all in all, it's 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 very fascinating uh, a process that has I think that has changed M and A with quite some quite some bit. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the moral hazard problem, you know, that comes with just general insurance, right? Now the purchaser doesn't care due due diligence, and the vendor doesn't care about negotiating the reps anymore because they know they have no liability associated with it. Because once there's a breach, you go to the insurer for coverage. It's a very interesting dynamic that comes into play now. And it, uh, it, it certainly has shifted kind of the discussions around risk allocation in an M&A transaction. And to Marissa's point, um, while we as lawyers are, you know, risk averse to start, uh, having now gone through, you know, done so many transactions, it is very uh, in, in creating or in drafting those types of reports, we have to also keep in mind the materiality aspect of any issue and, uh, and, and how that plays into, again, this now construct where we have a, a third player coming into, into, the, into the transaction. Absolutely. That makes absolute sense. And, and um, I have seen that, you know, even you have to look that buyer and seller uh, tend to be sometimes be on the same page and the insurance coming in uh, as a third party. Um, so anyway, um, I think you've, you've already brought forward quite a few arguments, but the last question I ask all participants in these episodes is, and may, maybe Moritz, you want to go first, um, um, why should attendees join, join your table in, on reps and warranties and insurance? Well, that's very easy because if they join our table, they will know what to look, what to look into in a tech deal to know how to get these risks insured. Great. And Alethea, do you want to add? Uh, we're super interesting. It's going to be fun. <laughs> fun. That's always good. Yes. And I think, I, I think to, to Marissa's point, because it's being used so much, I think it's very, it's going to be a, a very practical session. It's going to talk about a, a topic that's very current in, in the market and, you know, we'll make it informative. It's going to be practical. We're going to certainly give takeaways to the attendees on how we can all be kind of better practitioners. And, and I think the discussion will be very interesting. Thank you. Interesting and fun, uh, as fun as this was to record this with you. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Elithia and, and Moritz, and, and certainly looking forward to seeing you in uh, two weeks' time in Berlin. Uh, always excited or exciting to have a, a conference in your hometown, all those trainers at the same time, um, I have to say. But um, yeah, and for all of you out there, if you're still uh, hesitating to register for the conference, um, do it. Um, uh, we have two more arguments uh, just had on this show. Um, thank you very much, all of you, and um, see you in Berlin. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Looking forward to it.
Sans pitié. 